0: Um, so yeah, if you haven't been with us um, recently, we just started this series called The Kingdom, and we're going through that chapter in Matthew 8. We're actually just going to look at the last few verses tonight, but the last couple of weeks we've been looking at these stories um, of of Jesus' healing. And the, the context is, um, in Matthew before that, Jesus has taught on the kingdom. It's called uh, the Sermon on the Mount, is some of Jesus' most famous teaching. he's taught what it means to live with God as king, what does it look like in heaven, and how can that come to earth? And then Jesus is taught, and, and everyone's amazed at what he says, but then he comes down the mountain, and then what we just read happens. These, these people come up to him, this guy who's a leper, who's kind of unclean, he's got this disease, and Jesus just touches him and heals him. And then this other guy who uh, we talked about last week, who's, he's in the military, he's not even Jewish, um, but he has this great faith that Jesus can heal his servant who's not even there. He's home somewhere, and Jesus just says a word and he's healed. And then let me just read some more stories of healing um, just then. We're going to look at in a minute. Um, so the kind of the topic for tonight um, is basically healing, on, on God's power to heal. Um, and and well, we're, we're, the reason we're looking at these passages is as a church, we want to see God's kingdom come, which means we want to see what it looks like when what God wants is happening, when God's in charge, when, when what it's like in heaven comes to earth. And we see again and again in in the stories of Jesus that that when that happens, when Jesus is working and and teaching and his power is there, people get healed. Um, People find freedom. People find life. Um, So we want to talk about that and what would that look like even today in our midst. Um, But that might raise a lot of questions straight away um, because it's probably... Pretty likely that almost anyone here um, who's had anything to do with Christians or church may have a bad experience with healing. Uh, Whether that is even just from watching something on TV that just looks really cheesy and really weird. Uh, Whether that's from being at a meeting and there being things going on, you think that doesn't really seem loving or appropriate or it just seems strange. Or maybe being in times when it just seems like a big performance and a show and people aren't really valued and cared for. Or maybe you've even got a personal experience of, of seeking God for healing and not being healed. Um, or, or seeing that with a friend. And there can be all these problems around this topic. And, and it can kind of just sort of say, well, this seems weird and complicated and confusing. And let's just not go there. Like That could be kind of one experience. You just say, maybe we've tried that and that was too strange. I just don't want to talk about it anymore. I don't want to go there. Um, we're going to go there because this is where Jesus goes. Um, it's we see this is what Jesus is doing again and again. So basically, we don't want to chuck the baby out with the bathwater. We don't need to be necessarily the, the maybe what some times we've experienced of like maybe a crazy situation or, or sort of maybe an abuse of this. We don't want that. But likewise, we don't want to go the other extreme and sort of say, well, let's just not talk about that. Let's just, Let's just reject that. Maybe there's a middle ground of how do we like talk about and value God's power to heal without it having to be necessarily really crazy? Uh, maybe it could actually be a bit more normal. Although there are weird things in the Bible, so God can do weird things, but, but maybe it doesn't always have to be as weird as it sometimes is. So basically we're going to talk about this from these verses, uh, why value healing, why pray for healing, why seek God for healing in our community, in our church, and, and particularly if you've had a bad experience with that. I, just, I got asked to be open tonight to the word And I've been challenged by this myself as I've been studying these verses as well. So basically, we're just going to go through four verses in um, Matthew, just at the end of that reading. Um, And I'm also going to read you a few quotes from this book, um, which I found really helpful. It's called Everyday Supernatural by Mike Polavacci and Andy Croft. Uh, These are guys from Soul Survivor in the UK. Um, The tagline is how to lead a spirit-led life without being weird. and again, it's okay to be weird, but maybe you don't want to be weird and And these guys are really good at saying like, "Hey, that was weird like <laughs> or like actually maybe God could just work in more natural ways and normal ways, and but it 's still supernatural and it 's still powerful so this I found that book really helpful, so if you're if you're wanting to learn more and um read on this, I encourage you to check it out, but i 'm going to quote it a fair bit tonight as well. so we 'll get through these verses, give you some quotes um and then and then um we'll we'll have some time for prayer at the end tonight as well. So let's just pray um, before we look at these verses. Yeah, Jesus, thank you for your word and your kingdom and these stories of your power and your love. And thank you that you're alive and you're here with us tonight. And we just ask that you would even speak these words into our hearts personally and as a community, God, and even bring healing tonight, God, in hearts and minds and bodies and, and just around us um, by your presence and your peace. So just ask God that, yeah, you would guard this time and you'd do what you want in our hearts and lives. Just pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Okay, so let's start just with these few verses. We're going to break it down. So Matthew 8, 14. So the context is these three stories from the last few weeks. So there's the leper, and then there's the centurion's servant that Jesus heals. And now, like, there's been all this stuff going on. Jesus has been teaching all day. He's been healing these people, and it's almost a bit like he's getting a break now. He's going into Peter's house. Um, If you didn't know, Peter had a wife, uh, because he has a mother-in-law, so he must have a wife. And he saw Peter's mother-in-law, and she's lying in bed with a fever. So imagine, Jesus has been healing, there's been these things going on, and now he comes into this home, and there's a lady who's sitting there, and she's sick. And in Matthew's version, she doesn't say anything to Jesus uh, nobody says anything about her to Jesus. In, in some of the other versions, um, the disciples sort of point her out. But in Matthew's version, no one notices her except Jesus notices her. And then it says, He touched her hand, and the fever left her, and she got up and began to wait on him. And there are only two small verses, but when you actually think about this picture, it's it's beautiful that Jesus has been breaking down barriers already the last couple of stories. By healing a leper breaks this barrier of someone who's sort of unclean, not meant to be touched. Jesus touches them and cleanses them. Jesus breaks down a barrier with the centurion, who's not a Jew, he's from another nation. He's kind of unclean as well, he's not really supposed to be coming up to Jesus. But Jesus heals his servant. He breaks down that national barrier. And then, back then as well, there were these barriers between men and women. And Men um, and rabbis and so forth are not really supposed to go up to women or necessarily talk to women. But Jesus goes up to this woman who hasn't even asked him for help, and he just, on his own initiative and out of compassion, touches her. And he doesn't even have to say a word, he just touches her, and then she's healed. And the fever leaves. It's this, he takes this initiative, he's interested, he cares about this woman who's just there. And we see Jesus heals, and why do we talk about healing? It's because he has compassion. Jesus, we see in these stories again and again, people who are on the outside, people who are rejected, people who are suffering, he notices them, and he cares about them, and he moves towards them without even necessarily being asked that that Jesus actually has compassion for the sick, for the broken, for the hurting. Um, Sadly, sometimes healing and, and the idea of healing through church and Christians is not about compassion. It can easily be about some show. Um, or about a performance, or about success, or, or making some amazing thing. We see for Jesus, it's about compassion. He, he cares for the person who's sick and suffering, and he moves towards them and, and heals them. And even in the story of the leper, Jesus tells him, don't go tell anybody. Like, like, This is not about Jesus making a name and getting famous. He, he actually says he just cares about that person and wants them to be healed, and he moves towards them. It says um, this in this book, time and time again, we're told that Jesus was motivated by compassion. Lame beggars, sinful women, people who were hungry and poor, people who were frightened and alone, people who were trapped and desperate, all met the glory of God. Their lives were transformed because they found him to be full of goodness, mercy, and compassion. They encountered a power that revealed the love of God and were changed forever. So Jesus has compassion. It says this in Psalm 34. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted, and saves those who are crushed in spirit. So God is a God who is close to people who have heartache, who have pain, who have suffering. We read earlier this year in Matthew that, that God cares even about the birds, and God cares about the flowers. God cares about his creation, and he particularly cares for people who are his creation, who are hurting, who are in pain, who are suffering. He has compassion. Um, so why, why care about healing? Because of Jesus' compassion and his care. We'll keep going into the next the next verse as well. So firstly, why do we talk about it? why do we care about it? because of Jesus heart of compassion. He cares, he loves. We'll keep going. Matthew 8:16. Then when evening came, many who were demon-possessed were brought to him, and he drove out the spirits with a word and healed all the sick. Again, this is like one verse. It's really easy just to read it really quickly, but again, it's an amazing verse. This is towards the end of this day. Now, um, it was likely a Sabbath day, which is why it's getting towards the end of the day and all these people are coming out. Maybe they're carrying people who are sick. Jesus has had this big day and it's evening. And just imagine the scene like people are coming to him who are suffering, who are in pain. Um, It says people who were demon possessed. There's there's other spiritual forces that are evil and are trapping them and and causing oppression in their body and um, in their mind and their emotions. And all these sick people are coming to Jesus. And I don't know what it would look like if you try to picture that. But, but Jesus, then it says, he's, he drove out the spirits with a word. There's people who are suffering and he just says, be gone, be healed, be free. And these people are free and their lives are transformed. Or it says he healed all the sick. Like there's all these sick people coming to Jesus and all of them are getting healed. Like just imagine that scene. Like the, the celebration that would be happening, like the joy that would be there, the sort of noises, the sort of um, confidence and, and, and joy in God and God's care. Like it's just one verse, but it's amazing. Jesus just, it says, he, he casts out with the word, he heals all the sick. And we see that Jesus has authority to do this. Um, Jesus has authority over sickness, over evil spiritual forces. He has authority to bring freedom and healing. Um, if we went out after this, and walked out on the street in Klanga, and and tried to stop a car. <laughs> it probably wouldn't go very well, like especially in Klanga. Like you're trying to just stop, and like try and start diverting traffic. Like people are not going to like you at all. Um, or if you started following somebody and had like some flashing lights or something, and started flashing lights and trying to get them to stop. Like they're probably not going to stop. <laughs> but if you had a police uniform on. And you stand out in traffic, and you put up your hand. Um, the cars should stop. Again, they might still might not, but but then they're going to get in trouble after that. Like a policeman has authority, right, to direct traffic, and people need to listen to them. If if a police car is driving along and it flashes their lights, then the person in front of them needs to pull over and stop. And if they don't, again, they're going to get in trouble. A police officer has authority to actually bind people and put them away. Um, he has authority to move them on. Um, that there's something about having a police uniform and being a police officer that it gives you authority to do certain things. Um, and Jesus has authority, um, is what we see. Jesus has authority over evil spiritual forces, um, over sickness, and he can speak, like it says, he just speaks a word, or he touches people, and they're healed. Jesus has that authority, so they need to listen to him. And we see in that little passage that there's different types of, of healing that even Jesus does. Um, most of the stories we've read are physical healing, um, like like Peter's mother-in-law has a fever and he touches her and, and she's healed. Um, but there's other types of healing we we saw in that passage then of deliverance of sometimes like it's it's not a really common belief in our society because because we live in a more secular society we sort of just think whatever's material that's all that there is. But if we live in the biblical story we see that there are spiritual beings. Um, and, and some of them are evil, and they oppress people. And sometimes people need to be freed and delivered of that. Um, and that Jesus has authority to do that. Uh, there's other types of healing that uh, might be more emotional, that actually we can have emotional pain um, or trauma or heartache, um, that again, Jesus can have authority. His presence can come and bring healing and freedom. And the ultimate form of healing is, is spiritual healing in being restored to relationship with God in having forgiveness of sins and actually coming to be in his family and and, and grow to be more like him. So there's there's different types of healing. We see a bit of that in that story just then. And it's because of Jesus' authority that we can pray for healing, not because of us. So it's Jesus' compassion. He has compassion for those who are sick and broken. He has authority to to bring healing and deliverance. And um, one thing I've sort of been thinking through... um, as I've been thinking more about healing and and praying for healing, and it might be a question or a thought that you've had before, and it's just been this sense of like, to just expect to be able to pray for someone, or just, even in these stories, just to see Jesus just touch someone and they're healed, it almost seems a bit too easy. It's like, there's these big problems, Um, someone's been suffering with something their whole life, and Jesus can just touch them and it's gone. And it's like... um, almost like a bit of a magic wand, and it's just like, oh, you're all good, you're you're all fixed now, like, it's fine. And, and it's, that's true, that's what he does. He just touches people and they're healed. But there's this sense that maybe it can just seem a bit too easy, or maybe if we expect God to heal someone, it's like, oh, well, that just seems too, too simple, or um, it's just, just too quick. Um, or that it doesn't really, doesn't really take into account the significance of the suffering that the person's experiencing, that it's actually a deep pain and suffering. It's not just this little thing, of, oh, just say a little prayer and it'll be better. It's like, no, it's a deep thing that needs to be, in a sense, respected. But we see in this verse, Matthew has, has said these stories, and then he summarizes them with a quote from the Old Testament. He's writing, he says, this, these, these healings and these things that Jesus has been doing, this was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. So Isaiah's speaking about the coming Savior, Jesus, said that he took up our infirmities and bore our diseases. Now this is from a chapter in Isaiah, Isaiah 53. Um, You might know it if you haven't read it before, it's great to read because it's written hundreds of years before Jesus came. And it basically describes Jesus' suffering and his death and his resurrection for our sins. And we, we normally just read that passage and we think, yes, Jesus suffered and died for our sins, for our forgiveness. But it's interesting because Matthew is taking this passage in this problem and saying Jesus suffered and died and he took on our infirmities, our diseases. He actually died for our healing. And the passage is definitely saying it's about forgiveness of sins and spiritual, but Matthew even says, well, it's actually about healing as well. And this is basically, in a sense, saying like, it's not that Jesus just has a magic wand and just, just takes away sickness and pain. It actually cost him a lot. It cost him his life. He actually suffered in order to win that. He came into earth and he was a suffering servant and in a sense took it on himself to defeat it. So it's not that he just can just say a quick word. It's, yes, he can do that, but the reason is because he has the victory because he took it on himself and he bore it and he suffered and died on the cross. So Jesus actually has the victory. Dale Bruner talking about this, about Jesus' whole life. He says, Jesus' whole life then, not only his crucifixion, may be seen as fulfilling the role of the suffering servant by w- being willing to take on and carry away anything wrong with us from leprosy to demon possession. And ultimately that's on the cross, that Jesus carries it on the cross and through carrying it and dying, he defeats it. That, that's how he fights evil. He doesn't fight evil with evil. He fights evil by taking it on himself and dying and defeating it and then coming back to life. Um, and we see and can value healing because of Jesus' victory um, it actually cost him greatly and it's the same with forgiveness like, like sometimes people say well it's okay God, God forgives it's all good we've got a forgiving God and, and it's like yes that's true God forgives and yes he just forgives if we ask for forgiveness but it cost him it cost him greatly it's not that he says just don't worry about it it's, it's all good doesn't matter he says it really matters but Jesus took our place. Jesus suffered in our place. It cost him his life. It's not a small thing. And his victory, again, has made possible our healing and freedom and deliverance. You might sort of think, well, that's great, Jesus has the victory, but then why isn't everyone healed? Or like, like well, how, how do we understand that and how do we deal with that? And one thing we have to keep coming back to when we talk about Jesus' victory is this thing that is called the now and not yet of the kingdom, um, which basically is this idea that Jesus has the victory. He's defeated evil. Uh, we believe Jesus is the true ruler of the world. He has all authority, and he can demonstrate that now, and, and he does. And he does in the Gospels, and he does in Acts, and he does through church history, and he does in the world today. Um, but that ultimate victory is not yet. There, there will be a day when, when everyone who believes in him will be fully healed of all sickness and all pain and all illness and all oppression, and we'll have a new life, eternal life, and the whole world and creation will be healed. That's Jesus' victory, but that's not yet. That, that will come. But that can come now today, but there's this gap as well. So there's this now and not yet of the kingdom, and, and we trust God in the mystery of that. Uh, because the danger, again, of, of sort of talking about healing and, and sometimes the, the, the ways it gets approached is that it can easily kind of get turned into a formula. Um, and, and we sort of can either kind of go to two extremes, maybe. We kind of go to the extreme of saying, well, God is sovereign and um, his will will just be done. So we don't really need to pray. We don't really need to do anything. We just let God do what he wants to do. And if he wants to heal someone, that's fine. We don't have a part to play. And that's kind of one extreme. And the other extreme is, it's all on us. And if someone didn't get healed, it's because they didn't have enough faith or because they have other problems and there's other issues and it's, and it's all on us. And there's, there's truth in both of those, but there's something way in the middle that actually, yes, we have a part to play, but also God is sovereign. And there's not a formula. Uh, we can't necessarily figure it out or answer the why question, even, even though we want an answer to it. Um, and even in the Gospels, we see Jesus heals in different ways, and um, even in the last three stories, like some people asked in faith, the centurion asked in faith for another person. Uh, it was intercession. Peter's mother-in-law doesn't even ask, and we don't know if she has faith or, or anything. Like, like so, there's all this diversity, um, and you see, you can't turn it into a formula because of the diversity. D- Dave Guzik on this, he says this: from all this, we understand that physical. Healing is an area where God especially shows his sovereignty. And he does things as he pleases, not necessarily as men might expect. So we pray, we believe him, we trust him. We also trust his sovereignty, and we, we don't turn it into a formula um, that, that we can just um, control it. So we pray and, and believe because of Jesus' victory. So why, why I care about this? Why, why value this? Why pursue this more and more? Because of Jesus' compassion... It's something he cares. he cares about, the hurting and the broken and the sick. Because of Jesus' authority, he has authority um, to bring healing and freedom. And because of his victory. And that's all about him. Like, like, We're reading about the kingdom, and the kingdom is with Jesus as king. And he cares about this. It's, it's his, him moving towards people and healing and him answering people's requests in these stories. And we believe that he's alive today and that he's the same. He hasn't changed and that he's still full of compassion and he still has authority and he still has the victory and he still wants to do this in and through us today. So what is our job? What, what, where do we position ourselves? What, what do we do? And simply, our job is just to stay close to him. It's his work. It's his power. It's his presence. And our job is to stay close to him. It's not to try and do some amazing things by ourselves. It's to be connected to his presence, which is full of compassion, authority, and victory. Uh, Mike Pavlacci again says this, what really distinguishes us as in the church is that we are people of God's presence. It's never been about what we can do. It's about who we are with. There is one foundational key to becoming increasingly tuned into the supernatural. It's pursuing a relationship with God and seeking to be close to Him. It's, it's Jesus' presence that brings healing. It's Jesus that works powerfully in our hearts and lives. And our job is to stay connected to Him because He wants to work through us. We're, we're His body. So because of who He is, we, we stay close to Him and then we can demonstrate His compassion as we move towards people, as we care for people because God cares for them with, with his power and with, with his spirit um, and can demonstrate his compassion. And when we pray, pray for someone and ask God to heal them, it's, it needs to be from compassion and love. Um, again, this guy says, when our motivation is that people will see the goodness, mercy, and compassion of God, we will pray regardless of likely success. Even if the person isn't healed, they will still almost always feel loved and cared for. The, 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 the idea isn't, to, again, to have some successful thing or to put pressure on people to have some experience, um, but it's to say, well, God has compassion, authority, and victory. He can heal. Let's pray. Let's ask him and see what happens. And, and if it doesn't, that's okay. Like, we don't have to feel like a failure. Uh, we don't have to feel like, um, like pressure to make something happen, but actually just to love and pray and, and, and care with compassion. We can, because of Jesus' authority, operate under Jesus' authority. Um, He's the king, and he has actually given us authority, and we can put our confidence in him. Michael Valachie says, We don't have any power to heal, but all authority in heaven and earth belongs to Jesus, and we are his ambassadors. This means we carry something of his authority. We speak on behalf of the king. So again, we don't have authority, but Jesus does, and in a sense, he delegates or gives it to us because we're his body on earth. He's still working, but he works through a church. And so we move on behalf of him and can can pray and 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 speak and ask for him to move powerfully. So we operate on his authority and we put our confidence in Jesus' victory. Again, it's not that we're just going to work something up or make something happen or that we have to be really good, or think that we deserve God to do something. It's 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 the same as forgiveness. We don't deserve anything. Uh, we don't deserve anything from God, but He shows us His grace in taking our place on the cross. We don't deserve healing or, or freedom, um, but He takes our place, and it's a gift of grace. And we trust Him and believe Him and put our confidence in what He's done. So to stay close. To Jesus, to stay connected to Him and, and still pursue His power and authority, but ultimately have His heart, which actually values a person um, and cares for a person and is okay with the, there being some questions and, and difficulty, and, and not, it doesn't have to be a certain way. Uh, these guys in this book um, tell a story um, about uh, a pastor in their church who um, got cancer. And loved pastor and, and quite aggressive cancer. And the church gathered and prayed for him and, and cried out to God. And he had medical treatment and had lots of prayer. And, and he went and got basically basically healed and the cancer went away. Um, and for a little while. And, and they sort of thought it was good and then it came back. And um, it came back pretty bad. And again, they prayed and they, they sought God and they, they got some extra special medical treatment and to, had to raise funds for him. And the churches came around him and prayed for him and, and loved him. Um, and, and that was good, but then eventually he passed away. Um, and a, an experience like that can kind of lead people to sort of say, well, why bother? Like, like why pray for healing? Like, like what's the point? If, if we pray and we cry out to God and then this person's not healed, like, like God doesn't care or... or and there's a lot of stuff that we need to work through, and it's OK to have those feelings and emotions and to, to cry out to God with those and, you know, and anyone to feel pressure to, to, to be a certain way. Um, but at, at writing the story, they, they finished the story with these words. They said, "No one among us among us regrets praying for healing for their pastor. It's how we show love. When compassion motivates our prayer, at best someone is loved and healed, but at worst, they are loved." And, and they, they said, actually, this man and, and his wife so valued the prayers of the church and, and believed that God actually worked and answered prayer and was, was at work in their lives and extended his life and, and that prayers were powerful and important and didn't work out exactly how they wanted, but, but God was still working. And, and there's situations where we trust and we release that to God and, and, and just leave it with him. But we're still to be people who pray and trust him and, and value him and, and seek his power. Um, so we're going we're to respond today. Um, that might have raised some questions. I encourage, encourage you to discuss and sort of think through this topic. Um, again, if there's, there's the experience of that that are difficult, um, encourage, again, to, to, to pray through and work through with God. Uh, we're going to respond today with communion, um, and then we're just going to have available some time for prayer. Because, um, again, I, th- I think particularly after just looking at these verses and, and seeing Jesus' power in his heart, um, we want to be a place where we can pray for each other and and believe that God can meet people and can bring healing. Um, so tonight, um, after you take communion, if you'd like prayer um, for healing, uh, for, it could be emotional, it could be physical, it could, it could be all prayer for anything. And there's going to be a few people available to pray. Um, I think um, Joel and Janelle are just going to stand over to the side here. Um, so feel free just to go over to them. Me and Joe are just going to stand over here, um, and and just be available there. And I, there might, some of the elders are here, if they wanted to, Shane's here. Shane might be up the back, if you'd like prayer for him from him as well. And um, yeah, let's just be open to God. And 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 if there is pain, and there is heartache, or there is a need. Um, let 's just be people who just well let 's just pray like it doesn 't have to be completely terrible before we pray, like it can be small, it can be big, it could be anything let 's just pray and let 's seek god and let 's let 's believe God and ask for his presence and his 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 love and and he has it, it cost him something so let 's value value what he 's done uh, so we 're going to respond with communion so if if you believe jesus and and, and um, here tonight, then I invite you to come forward and we take the biscuit and we dip it in the juice representing his body broken and his blood poured out. Um, his body broken for our forgiveness, his blood shed for our forgiveness, for our healing, for reconciliation. Uh, so we're going to respond, take your time, and then, and then if you'd like prayer, I encourage you to come forward. So let's just pray together and then, then we'll respond. Yeah, Jesus, thank you that you are God of compassion, that you are in charge, that you have the victory, that you have won. And just ask God that that truth would come into our hearts tonight by your Holy Spirit. Um, Lord, we thank you that you would go to the cross for our forgiveness, for our healing, Lord, for our life. Thank you, God, that you would take it on yourself. And we just ask that you would meet us tonight, Lord, with your power and your presence. Lord, we need you desperately. Uh, We need your comfort. We need your love. We need your goodness. Just ask, God, that you would even meet us tonight, God, just as we spend time in your presence, God, as we pray, God, that you would hear us. And, God, increase our faith to believe you, that you're at work, um, that you have compassion and care and you have power and you are Lord. And, yeah, we just give this time to you. Holy Spirit, would you come and meet with us now, we pray. Amen.